0: To galatians chapter two we're going to continue our study in and through Galatians um, excited to be still in this book I just I'm enjoying galatians it's, it's been a it's been a nice look at making sure that we get the gospel right and We're going to continue this study. And last week we saw Paul address the issue of false brothers coming into the church and subverting people in the church with false doctrines and false teachings. Um, These false brothers were trying to mix the grace and works and and add things to it like you needed to be circumcised in order to get into heaven and you needed to, to keep the Mosaic law in order to get into heaven. But... Here's what I want us to to understand in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 Paul tells us he says for no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands the only thing the law is for is simply to show us that we are sinful. So all that the law is, it is a mirror for you and I to understand and realize that we are sinful and we are in need of redemption. So Paul calls these men out as false teachers and says, pay no attention to those men, even though they seem influential. Don't give an ear to them. Don't, don't, even, don't even worry about it. And then in verse 7 through 10 last week, um, we, we saw that uh, Paul had been preaching the gospel to Gentiles. And then he lines up and gets to the church and says, I want to make sure we're teaching the same thing. So he meets with the Jews, the church in Jerusalem, the, the, the Jews. And he says, listen, I've been teaching the same exact thing to the Gentiles, and we're seeing Gentiles be saved. And so remember there was this, this confab, this, this conference that came together, and they talked about whether or not Gentiles could be saved. And then they realized, well, God can do what God wants to do, and God can save who God wants to save. And then they extend the right hand of fellowship to Paul and to Barnabas both. And they say, okay, we're going to continue to preach to the Jews, you go preach to the Gentiles, and we'll go until the kingdom of God comes, and praise God, we're here. Amen? Like, we're, we're here because men like that were faithful to preach the gospel. It started there, and we're here now. Thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away, the gospel has been preached and it's reached our ears in 2021 and it's been spread all over the world. So today we're going to continue in Galatians and what's interesting is so often we as brothers and sisters and our belief systems, um, even though we have our beliefs right, there can be men and women in the church who sometimes get their, their wires crossed and they, they want to try to do something that feels or seems flashy and more appealing. Like And I talked about last week, remember on Castaway, Tom Hanks, his character, he was so excited because what? He built fire. He's like, I have created fire. Look what I have done. And we as men and women love to revel in our accomplishments. And, and so if you remember, we talked about that last week. And what can happen in the church is that we as church members can look at a thing that's going on in the church and we can try to measure by, new, by numbers and say, okay, well, because there's so many people here, man, it's, we're doing something right and something's good. And we try to measure our success by a numeric system when in reality, Jesus measures success by obedience. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen? So sometimes we in the church can see another church do something and their place is packed out and we think, well, golly, we get a little jealous and we think, man, if we if we just if we did what they're doing, maybe we could get a full house, too. And so we start to try to get a message that's maybe a little more, more palatable and we maybe join that at the hip with some sort of a gimmick. And say, listen, next Sunday I'm giving a car away, next Sunday I'm giving an Xbox away, and we're going to have dancers, and we're going to have smoke, and lights, and mirrors, and, and if everyone that walks through the door is going to get a $20 bill. I literally have been to a church where that happened. Like, you walked in the door, you got a $20 bill. i seen that happen. And we try to tailor our message to appeal to the masses rather than just saying, thus saith the Lord and sticking to the actual gospel of Christ. So this is what happens. We see Peter begin to try to tailor his message to try to appease the Judaizers. Go to verse 11. So Galatians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed, so this is Paul speaking, Paul's writing this letter. So he says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for before certain men, he came from James, he was eating with Gentiles, but when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing that the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. So even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw, when I saw that their, of their conduct was not in step with the true gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force a Gentile to live like a Jew? So Paul's irritated with Peter because Peter has twisted his message. He's getting in the crowd with the Judaizers and say, and and tailoring his message saying, well, yeah, yeah, we're saved by grace. But yeah, let's you got to keep you got to get circumcised. You got to keep the Mosaic law. You've got to do the certain things. You've got to do this. So he's trying to tailor his message to Get in with the in crowd of the Judaizers. He's got this temptation to want to follow man. So back to the original. Back where Paul says in Galatians 1. For if I'm now seeking the the approval of man. Am I seeking the approval of man or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was trying to still please man. I would not be a servant of Christ. So Paul is calling Peter out publicly because he is really uh, compromising his message. In verse 11, he says that he's condemned. When I, came to, I saw Peter at Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Why did he stem, stand condemned? Because he was aligning himself with men who he knew were in doctrinal error. That would be like if I, as your pastor, came up and said, listen, T.D. Jakes, Jesse Duplantis, and Joel Osteen, those guys are men of God, and they are fantastic, and we need to follow them. That, that's a problem. Because those three men I just mentioned are not men of God. They are heretics who preach a false gospel. So if I stood in and said, listen, these guys are fantastic, you should do them. Because they're popular and famous and got all the things that are going on. And they're they're very popular. They got a cool message. They've got thousands and thousands of followers. Well, they should be right. They're right, right? Because they've got all these followers. No, they don't stick to the gospel. They don't teach the gospel. T.D. Jakes doesn't even believe in the Trinity. So he stood condemned because he was aligning himself with people and men he knew were in doctrinal error. He was trying to mix the two works and grace. He was trying to do that. And so Paul calls him out. And he lays out in verse 12 what he did wrong. He said, for before certain men, for before certain men came from James, he was eating with Gentiles. But when he came and he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. So he was, being, he was fellowshipping with the Gentiles and being a part of them and bringing them in as brothers. But then there was this, there's a political party causing division. Imagine that. The circumcision party comes in. And he's like, oh, I don't want to be seen as somebody that's going to be you know, aligning myself with these guys. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to play both sides of the fence. I'm going to try to be on one side and make these guys happy. I'm going to try to be on the other side and make these guys happy. And he's, he's trying to align himself with two different parties. And as a result of his hypocrisy, verse 13 says that Barnabas was led astray. Look at verse 13. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. So it wasn't just Peter. It was several of these people that were doing the exact same thing. He was Peter was, rather than being a leader, he was just joining with the rest of them. And as a result of their hypocrisy, what? Barnabas was led astray. Like, this is the problem, is, is that it causes when we, as Christians, align ourselves or okay certain doctrines or certain teachings by some of these popular preachers we align ourselves with people we have to be careful with who we align ourselves with because we could potentially lead people astray from the genuine true gospel this is why I said it is important that we make sure that we have our doctrine correct I hear so many people say stuff like this well Caleb I don't really need to be theological. Just give me Jesus. I don't need to get theological. Just give me Jesus. And that statement alone is just insane. Because there is so much to the person and the work and who Jesus Christ is. It's not just, oh, just give me Jesus. Like, Jesus, like everybody loves it. We were talking about this yesterday. Jesus, we love to talk about, you know, at Christmas time we'll talk about Jesus. And everybody loves Jesus as a teacher or a person. But when you start unpacking who Jesus is, that he is the sovereign, he's the God of the universe. People start going, whoa, wait a minute, what? But as long as you present Jesus as a teacher or whatever you want to put him as, as long as you don't put him as the sovereign God of the universe, people are fine with that. But when you start unpacking who Jesus really is, and what he demands of his followers, it, it's a different ballgame. So it's so important that we, we, we get Jesus, we get the Bible, and we get the basic Bible doctrines correct. This is why the Reformers gave us the five solas. We had the, and I'm going to unpack these here in a minute. But the, 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 These are five Latin phrases that were given to us by the Reformers. They're there five different basic Teachings so that they could differentiate themselves and say, "This is—we're different from the teachings of Rome." And so we have these five different ideas: sola scriptura, which is Scripture alone. We have got sola Christos, which means Christ alone. Sola fide, which means faith alone. Sola gratia means grace alone, and sola de gloria means. Glory to God alone. So I just want to unpack these because it's important that we understand why we believe what we believe. What the purpose of what our doctrines teach. Why we believe what we believe. Sola Scriptura is, in my mind, one of the most pivotal ideas that, that we have to understand and follow. It means Scripture alone is the revealed revelation of Jesus. Scripture alone. It's based off 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So the idea is that all of the pages of the Bible are the final authority. They are the inerrant, which means that there's no mistakes, no problems, no issues. The inerrant, inspired. I said inspired, not inspiring. Because there are preachers who say that this book is inspiring, but not inspired. But it is the final, inspired, inerrant, authoritative document from God Almighty. When it says... All scripture is breathed out. You guys have heard this word before. Theo, Theo means God. Finuscus means breathed out. So this is literally the breath of God on paper. Like this, you're holding in your hand is the breath, the breathed out, the spoken word of God on paper. And you've got immediately people will go, wait, 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 Caleb, wait a second. Human beings wrote this. So, I don't think it's God breathed. Because there are people that wrote that, Caleb, and I'll say, well, okay. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty one gives us the answer to that and, and puts that to rest. He says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of humanity or by man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, everything that's in this book is directly from God. So how does that even work? Guys, think about like, God is strong enough and big enough. If he wanted to just be able to just plug into the USB port into the back of a human's head and say, this is what you're going to write and this is what I'm going to inspire you to write. God could do that. He made a donkey talk. Why could he not just take the human being's hand and say, this is what you're going to write? Every word is directly from God himself. And it is to be the final authority for our lives. And the moment that we move away from the idea that this is the final authority for our lives is the idea and the moment that we start to think that we as human beings are the final authority and not God. And that's, that's where we are in the church world today. That I, I I'm, I'm going to believe and do what I want to do. I can do what I want. I'm, I'm all powerful. I can teach and believe what I want. And I can do what I want. And we've got pastors that say we can do whatever we want because, well, I'm free and I'm, I'm in America. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. And there are dangerous repercussions to this. This is the, in my opinion, the primary idea that Christians should be grounded in is the scriptures. Because the scriptures are our compass. The scriptures are our true north. The Bible is where we get Jesus revealed to us. And I've said this a million times, but I want this, like, I don't even know. We need to figure out a way to get this, like, just inscribed somewhere on our building. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith is cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Like that is where faith comes from, is by the power of God's word being preached. If you read in context in Romans 10, it's that it's being preached out and being heard, and as a result of the word of Christ being preached and proclaimed, faith comes about. We get faith by hearing the word of God. So this is, the, in my mind, one of the most important is sola scriptura. Scripture alone is our our anchor. Next, the sola gratia, which means grace alone. This is fundamental. This is a fundamental teaching in the Christian gospel center, biblical Christianity. Our good works. This is the one thing that the the Judaizers were doing in this in Galatians. Is they were trying to say, listen, you've got to be circumcised in order to get to heaven. Okay. Well, how did that happen? Like, not trying to be weird, but what about the ladies? Is that a problem? You got to be circumcised in order to get to heaven. You got to keep the law in order to get to heaven. That's a problem. We're saved by grace alone. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, but, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to start in verse 4 just to get a running start. Are you guys awake? Just checking. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then you go down just a little bit further in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for by grace have you been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God and not a result of any type of works. That that men may be able to boast. Like this is a fundamental foundational principle that we are not saved by being good. I'm not saved because I come to church. I'm not saved because my name is on a roll. I'm not saved because I, I, I live in a certain zip code. I'm not saved because my last name is Gordon. Or Folsom. Or Smith. Or, or Jackson. I'm not any of those. I don't have... That's not the reason I'm saved. I'm saved by grace alone. By grace alone. The next, the next idea is... if. Uh, Sola fide, which means faith alone. We're saved by grace through faith alone. The reformers love to talk about this idea of the great and marvelous exchange. Christ has taken our sin and the penalty of our sin on the cross. And what we receive in exchange is the perfect, spotless righteousness of Christ that comes with faith alone. Like, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10 says, I indeed, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that that I may gain Christ. And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. Depends on faith. That I may know Him, the power of His resurrection, and that I may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. So my right standing does not come from my workings it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Those things don't work on their own. I have to have faith in the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross on my behalf. Now, if you remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it said, For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. So you, like, listen to me. I want you to, like, are you all paying attention? I want you to see this. The faith that you have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you didn't muster up one day and be like, you know what, I'm going to have faith. The faith to even believe the gospel was given to you by God himself. Like you didn't muster that up on your own. God himself granted that faith to believe in him as a gift. Now, where did that faith come? How do we get that? Romans 10. Let's tattoo this thing on the side of the building. Faith cometh by... Let's do this as a crowd. I'm going to start this. I want you guys to sing this. Faith cometh by hearing. I've got three of you. If if we need to stay till like 3 o'clock, we can do that. Faith cometh by Hearing. hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Word of Christ. Like, guys, this is so important. I need us to understand this and see this. That we have to have our doctrines right. We have to know what we believe. Because, man, I'm telling you, we are living in a day when everything is just helter-skelter. And if we're not anchored into the Word of God and the beliefs that God has for us, man, we're going to be blown every which way but loose. It's faith. Is what Christ, having, having faith, Faith that what Christ did on the cross is more than enough to redeem and to set me right with the God of the universe. Like we have this hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake he made... Now listen, this is, this is the beauty of what Jesus did on our behalf and having faith in this. For... Our sake, He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The marvelous exchange. God takes our penalty. God takes our sin. And as a result of that, we receive the righteousness of God. Oh, the goodness of this news. The marvelousness of this news. As I'm telling you, I know we're Baptists, but that should cause us to want to run the pew amen like that's to get us excited about what god's doing the next one is sola christos which means christ alone christ alone is the only advocate you and i have outside of christ there is not one ounce of hope john chapter 1 verse 14 says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. The God of the universe became flesh. The like, he came in and he, he, he dwelt among us. This is hope. This gives us hope for our future. All right? Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26 says, But now. The righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So the law points towards Jesus. The law, the purpose of the law is to point us towards the need for a Savior. They, to- they point us towards it the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Everybody knows this one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace. We're justified by His grace. We're justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of those ones who have faith in Jesus Christ alone Christ is the one who does every single thing Christ is our advocate Christ is our lamb Christ is our hope Christ is the reason that everything works the way it works because Jesus Christ said so Christ alone has done all of it every ounce of our salvation experience is due to what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. I want you to think about that because I've said this a couple of times. Until that idea of what Christ did on the cross for you becomes personal, you will never truly understand the depths of the gospel. Jesus will never be personal to you until you make what he did personal for you. Until you look at what Jesus did as personal, he went to the cross to redeem you. He went to the cross to reconcile you. Not just the world. He went to, to Calvary to redeem and reconcile me. You. This is the reason we have been saved. And this is the reason we have any ounce of hope. Whoa. And as a result of Christ alone doing all these things. He deserves All the glory. So the last idea is this sola de gloria. Glory to God alone. Every ounce all glory goes to God alone. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So worthy are you, God. Worthy are you. Due to this fact, God alone deserves every ounce of glory. Caleb Gordon deserves no credit, no glory, none of it. Neither do you. It's Christ who deserves every ounce of glory. So this is why Paul confronts Peter in Galatians chapter 2. He tells him, you have got to get your doctrine right. What you believe about Jesus is vitally important. He brought it to a head in Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. So go back over there. Flip back over to Galatians 2 and look at verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by their works of the law. But through faith in Jesus Christ, so we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Then, then, he drives the point home that, listen, those of you that are mixing works and grace, look what happens in verse 19. For though the law... I'm sorry, for, for through the law I died to the law so that I might be alive to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for the righteousness For if righteousness were through the law, then what Christ did on the cross was completely worthless. Like that's bringing the point home. He said, listen, this is how strongly I want you to understand this that if. My good works, if my one ounce, one inkling of my good works could get me into a right standing with God. What Jesus did, everything that Jesus Christ went through was pointless and worthless if it's works and grace. So Paul tells Peter, get it right. You cannot do this any longer. You must be right. You gotta you gotta get what you're teaching correct. Because You're leading people astray. You're leading people astray by your hypocrisy and by default, damning folks. Like that's serious language. Like listen, you got to stop. Because if Jesus, if it's Christ's grace and works, then what Christ did on the cross was completely of no effect. Worthless. Like that's serious stuff, guys. It's important that we know what we believe and why we believe it. Why do we believe we're saved by grace through faith alone? Because Christ said that's how you're saved. Look at every other religion in the world. You name the religion. Name the religion. Outside of biblical Christianity, every other religion is do this and you'll make God happen. Give your money. Like there's even people inside of the Christian faith that say, man, in order to in order to please God, in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to have the gift of speaking in tongues. That's, a, that's taught by churches in this town. There's a couple churches in this town who teach, in order to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got to have the manifestation of the gift of tongues, which is not taught anywhere in here. you got other churches that say you've got you to... Do enough right things to make God happy with you. You've got to give your money. Got to, you don't give tithes. God's not going to be happy with you. That's not taught in the Bible. You, you, don't, you don't get a good standing with God because you're a member of certain churches or a certain area code. You have a right standing with God because Jesus Christ died on your behalf. And the exchange has been done. You and I deserve the wrath of God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, I no longer get the wrath of God. I get the glory of God. I get the righteousness of God. Like that should cause us to be excited in our hearts to say, listen, this divine exchange has taken place. The God of the universe says, it's no longer what you're going to get. It's no longer what you deserve. It's what you're going to get from me. You're going to get grace and mercy. And yet, there's still people that just yawn and they get frustrated. They're like, man, isn't it time to go home yet? Isn't it time to go home yet? I'm tired of listening to this. You just drive. You, what's the point? You're trying to drive home. That we're saved by grace through faith alone. That it's God's grace and mercy that drives us to the point of redemption. It's Jesus Christ that does all of these things. And it's Him that deserves every ounce of glory. So Paul looks at him and says, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force those that are Gentiles to live like a Jew? Like, Quit mixing your messages. It's either you're saved by grace or you're not. And what's the truth? The truth is that we're saved by grace through faith. And we read in Sunday school this morning, I love Revelations 21. I love this, 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 this last little part in here. It says that this is trustworthy. I've got to find it. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. These words that I write down are trustworthy and true. What we hold in our hands, sola scriptura, the scripture you hold is the authority that you need, is the truth that you need, is the hope that you need. Everything that you need in the world is written in this book. Amen? Like this, guys... This is the truth. And this should cause us to be excited that we hold the truth in our hands. Everybody's wanting to know what's the tr- fake news versus true news. You're holding the truth. You're holding the news that matters. In 10,000 years, it won't matter about Fox or CNN. Amen? Forget, in, in five years, it's not going to matter. In three, okay, it's just not going to matter. This has held up the test of time. There have been men that have tried to take this thing out, but they can't do it. Because the power of God resides in this book, and it cannot be destroyed. The scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Guys, this is so important that we know what we believe. It is so important that we know what we believe. It just is. And if we don't know.